Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise base in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God and his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are boasting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed by God specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with us, leaving a write-up of it in the comment section. Or you can send it to us via email at contact at pdjministries.org. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. This morning, I want us to catch greater truth. You know, the Bible is is made up of two kinds of truth. Lesser truth and greater truth. But I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us greater truth. Do you remember in the book of Genesis, God said that He made two light, the lesser one and the greater one. The lesser one was the moon and the greater one was the sun. You remember? You know, light in the the Bible means revelation. Light. Light means revelation or truth. Truth. Now, you know, in the evening, that is when, because the Bible says that the moon shall rule over the, the night. Look at it. He said, and God made two great light. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Forgot about the stars. But you can see that in the night, the moon doesn't have its own light. So even though you can't see the sun in the, in the, in the evening, you can see the impact of the sun on the moon. Which means that the moon is within the sun's rays to reveal, to give off light. So, in the Bible, when you see light, it stands for truth. You know, the Bible says God is light. In other words, God is truth. So, you can either receive lesser truth in the word of God, or you receive greater truth in the word of God. But you see, when you begin to teach greater truth, all smaller, all lesser truth are found in the greater truth. Because the lesser truth are not, will not emit light until they receive from the greater truth. So when you begin to talk about Jesus, his greater truth. When you begin to talk about the Holy Spirit, his greater truth. When you begin to talk about the Father, his greater truth. When you begin to talk about communion, Communion is lesser truth because the essence of communion is Christ, which is greater truth. Can you see that? You cannot talk about wealth. Wealth is lesser truth. But you cannot talk about wealth without the Holy Spirit, who is greater truth. So when you study the word of God, just begin to look at them. Which one is greater truth? Which one is found in what? 
Hallelujah. For example, you see Solomon's temple. It is made up of three stories. The ground floor is where the temple is. It, is, it measures five cubits. The second floor is where the priests are, where beds, their sleeping places are. And it measures six cubits. And then the third floor, that is where the arrays of gold and silver and the wealth are. And it measures seven cubits. Five, six, seven. The third floor is what the Bible calls upper room. Can you see that? That's what we call the upper room. Every upper room is third story. Now, in the upper room, that is where the greater truth comes from. For example, when God says, begin to live a higher life, he's talking to you about the upper room. Because in the upper room, that is when you engage the Holy Spirit. That is where you engage wealth. That is what you engage health. Can you see that? This is not what I'm going to talk to you about. I just want to give you a hint. Why wealth? Because I just showed you Solomon's building. That was God's plan. Why health? Because the communion. Remember Jesus said, go get me a place. The place they went to get for Jesus to come and have the supper was the, was the third floor. It was the upper room. And communion is actually for your health. So, in the third story, that higher place of greater truth, you see, then, what did I even say? The Holy Spirit, eh? Yes, Do you remember they were in the upper room when the Holy Ghost came? Yes, that upper room is the third story. That's where they were. When the Holy Ghost rushed in, he rushed into it. So when you begin to have a life with the Holy Spirit, you begin to have a life with wealth. God wants you to be wealthy. Because that's the higher life. God wants you to be healthy. Or in health. Not divine healing. Divine healing means today you are sick and then it goes. Divine health means you are under the pipe. Because this word is, the Bible says that the word lies in wickedness. Can you see that? Yes, All right. So to, this morning we, don't worry, I will get up and take you through this, okay? Yes, but I, this morning I want the Holy Spirit, as we talk about Jesus, to reveal greater truth to us. Yes, that would encapsulate a lot of things in one. So we go back to um, Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 4. 7 verse 12 TPT and furthermore God's, for God to send a new and different rank of priest meant a new law would have had to be instituted even to allow it uh huh 
Yet, the one these things all point to was from a different tribe. You remember what we're talking about the priesthood? All right, he said the one whom this one this was uh, point to was from a different tribe. No one from that tribe ever officiated God's altar. Which tribe was it? Which tribe was it? Sorry? Which tribe was it? Judah. Jesus was from Judah. And Judah, they were not permitted according to uh, God's way of, God's system in the flesh. Jesus could not have been a priest to officiate um, at God's altar. Just note that. Go on. For we all know that our Lord didn't descend from the tribe of Levi, but signed from the tribe of Judah. And Moses himself never said anything of a priest in connection with Judah's tribe. So there was no, there was nothing, there was nobody from the tribe of Judah that would ever or could ever have been a priest. So how come Jesus was a priest? So the Bible will answer for itself, okay? Let's go on. And all this is made even clearer. If there was another king priest raised up with a rank of Melchizedek, which means that there was nobody in the times of the priesthood that had his priesthood like Melchizedek. There was none. If there was one, then you would say, okay, then Jesus had the opportunity to become. But there was none. All right, go on. The king priest did not arise because of genealogical right under the law to be priest. But by the power of an indestructible resurrection life. So it was the resurrection life that placed Jesus into priesthood. That is why today you and I have become king priest. We are, you have become king and a priest when your parents are not kings and priests. You might not come from a royal family. But what made you a king priest in, in Revelation 21 verse 6 is because of the resurrection life. Now, the resurrection life is a life that has no beginning. Remember that Melchizedek was a king that has no beginning, no end. Do you remember? So, if the Bible says that Jesus is the priest of the order of Melchizedek, then that order must be from an eternal beginning and an eternal end. So you being a child of God in Revelation 1, 6, when the Bible says, for he has made us kings and priests, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now you have become not because of your earthly, you know, system. You have become you today. You have become a king and a priest because of the resurrection life. That is why you must have understanding of the resurrection life. The resurrection life that did not only come to heal you. It came to place you into kingship and priesthood. That is what res resurrection life came to do. Listen, there's a lot of things we must know at the back of, at, you know, at the back and call or on, at our fingertips. For example, can I tell you this? Do you know that the purpose of the Holy Spirit 
In fact, there were three purposes. Do you know that the purpose of the father was to have sons? The purpose of Jesus. What do you think it will be? Was to have a bride. And the purpose of the Holy Ghost was to have a temple. Was to have a temple he can live in. When you read Ezekiel chapter 10, eh? When they built the, the temple of God and they sinned in the temple, it was the Holy Ghost, the glory of God that was there. But the Bible says that the Holy Ghost couldn't stay, so he was living. Now, because his purpose has always been to live in men and with men, do you know what happened? The Bible says when the Holy Ghost was living, he lingered at the entrance. It's like, oh, I don't want to go, but I have to go. Why would I have to go? And he, he didn't go straight to heaven, no. He even left the temple and went to the Mount of Olives before he went to heaven. He lingered. He, was, he didn't want to go, but he had to go. That is why in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost was coming, when Jesus prayed, he rushed down. You heard the term? He came as a, a mighty rushing wind. He ran so he could, he could accommodate man again. Because that was his purpose. And you know, the Holy Ghost has been with man. And you know he suffered what you suffer. These are some fundamental truths you must, you must understand. Look at Isaiah chapter 63 verse 9. The Bible says that when the children of Israel were in Egypt and when they were being tormented and lashed, whatever they were doing to them, they did to the Holy Spirit. Because he was with them. <laughs> Look at it. And in all their affliction, he was afflicted. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. He's called the angel of his presence, you see. In all the afflictions, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bare them and carried them all the days of old. So when they were being lashed, the Holy Ghost was being lashed. The reason why he's the best person to talk to is because what you are going through, he doesn't see it all. He goes through the same thing. So he understands what you are going through than a friend, than even a pastor. You are seeing it. In their affliction, he was afflict afflicted. The angel of his presence. You know, the Holy Ghost is called the angel of God's presence. Why is he called the angel of God's presence? You know, we can be having a service like this and we say, I saw Jesus. The truth is, you didn't see Jesus himself. The Holy Spirit brought Jesus' presence. Because Jesus is in heaven. The only time we are waiting for him is the second coming. The rapture and the second one. So Jesus himself did not come. It was the Holy Spirit that makes, he's called the angel of his presence. Can you see this? Jesus Christ is also called the angel of the covenant. And we too, we are called the angel of the church. What I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm not teaching you this. What I'm trying to say is that you must have understanding of these little things. The indestructible life, resurrection life,
has placed me. What are the benefits of receiving Jesus? What is the benefit of becoming born again? Because you became born again when you were raised from the dead. And when you were raised from the dead, not only did you become a son of God, but you were placed as a king and as a priest whose beginning is eternal. So the beginning of your kingship and your priesthood is eternal. The beginning is eternal and the future is eternal. Which means that it has no end. Can you understand that? He said, but by the power of an indestructible, some translation says indissoluble. It cannot be dissolved. In other words, in other words, it is one. The resurrection life. Oh, thank God for the resurrection life. Jesus was raised from the dead to become a king priest. So we were in him to be kings and priests as well. And you must understand who a king and a priest is so you can function. Otherwise, you can be a king and a priest and you can function below the belt. Can you see this? Why is it important for you to know? Because you see, Satan has a strategy right from the Bible. He always preempts what God is about to do. So for example, when God is about to bring life, Satan will go ahead and precede it with death. Can you see that? When Jesus was born as a child, he was the life of the world. Satan went ahead and killed all the little children before life came. If you study throughout the scriptures, I can give you so many of them. Anytime God wants to, see, God wanted to come and inhabit man by the Holy Spirit. Satan came quickly and introduced demons to possess men. That's what, that's what he does. The reason why you must understand your place that I am a king and I am a priest. This is the function of a king. This is the function of a priest. What am I seeing is not in line with kingship and priesthood. It means the devil has gone ahead to preempt. So what do I do? You displace him. So you can function in that realm. This is his strategy. He doesn't do anything new. Can you see it? For example, if God is, up, is bringing thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people to us, Satan will enter quickly and start causing division and people will start living. He does that to break your faith. So that even when the reality comes, you don't have so much faith to hold on. Can you see that? That's what he does. So you must understand certain truths and lay hold on them. And one of them to hold on to this truth is to meditate them. What is this resurrection life? Do I really have the resurrection life? Because you can say it in your head, but it might not be in you. So you can, you, we can finish service and you still don't have it in you. You, you get to the entrance and nothing like resurrection life ra- runs through your mind. What it means is that what it, what it means is that the thing has not dealt or dwelt in you. It has not gotten root yet. And one of the ways it gets root in your spirit or in your soul is for you to meditate on it until you get the light. Are you with me? Alright, 17. For it says in the Psalms, you are like Melchizedek, a king priest forever. So Jesus' order of priesthood is not like Aaron. 
It's not like Zechariah. It's not like all the other priests or high priests. Jesus' king priest is like the order of Melchizedek. And his king priest is forever. So Aaron and the other priests had kingship or priesthood that had an end because they died. But Melchizedek, the Bible says he would not die. So that is the order. And that is the order we have been called into. A reign that has no end. A priesthood that has no end. All right, 18. Look at it. The older order of priesthood has been set aside as weak and powerless. As weak and powerless. So today you must, if you want to find out how is this priesthood like, you must see Jesus in the word of God as a priest. Let me give you a hint of Jesus' priesthood. Before he became out of resurrection life, the John 17, the prayer, it's called the priestly prayer of Jesus. That was a priestly prayer. So you study how Jesus prayed compared to Matthew 9 or 12 when he began to teach them how to pray. Look at the model of prayer and look at the priestly prayer. Remember, he prayed for himself. Asking the father to glorify him and to restore him. Then he prayed for the disciples. Then he prayed for even men that are yet to come. Who do you pray for? Who do you pray for? Remember, the king, the priest in the Old Testament, he had to pray for himself till he is qualified. Then he will present the, the blood and the sacrifice to God first. He must be accepted before God will think about accepting the other people. He does not go there to pray for the other people. He goes, <laughs> he goes there to pray for himself. And when he is accepted, the people are accepted because he is their mediator. But for us, our king priest has been accepted already. Jesus has been accepted already. Can you see that? So he prayed for himself. He prayed for the disciples. And then he prayed for the world. Jesus prayed even for those who are yet to come. Now you must understand. Look at the lyrics. How he prayed. He said, Father, protect them in your name. For I am living, but these are here. I have given them your name. Oh, when you look at the prayer, you'll be like, wow. This is the lyrics and prayer of a high priest of the order of Melchizedek. So you see, you cannot, and every born again is a priest. Why? 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 Uh oh. Every born again is a priest. Why? You are listening. Why? Because of the resurrection life. Because you could not have become born again without resurrection. So the day you receive resurrection, I mean, you were raised from the dead, and it's the resurrection life that raised you. So the day you became born again, you became a king priest. Please don't forget this. Now, how is your prayer life like? So the king, the priest has a way of praying. The, Jesus didn't pray against the wicked people of this world. That they should die. That God should deal with them. But he prayed for the world that they may be saved. That is the prayer of a priest. So you can't tell me you are a Christian and you don't know you are a priest and you pray anyhow. 
You wish people dead. No, that's not a, a mark of a high priest or a priest. Okay, go on. For the law has never made anyone perfect. But in its place is a far better hope. Which gives us confidence to experience intimacy with God. Glory to Jesus. Go on. And he confirmed it to us with his solemn vow. For the former priest took their offices without an oath. In, 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 when we look at chapter 5, the Bible says that nobody becomes a priest except God appoint him. So they don't swear oath. They just, they appointed, come in. And in those times, if you are from the tribe of, of Levi, of the Levites, you are, you are automatically, you know, you qualify to become a priest. Because that family has been called. But for Jesus, the story was different. He confirmed it to us with a solemn vow. For the former priest took their office without an oath. Uh-huh. But with Jesus, God affirmed his royal priesthood. So remember 1 Peter 2 9? A royal. So we are after the priesthood of Jesus. With his promise saying, The Lord has made a solemn oath and will never change his mind. What is the oath? You are a king priest forever. You are a king priest forever. Why did not God why did God not you know give the old guys like that? Because their lives were to end. So he couldn't decree that over them. But for Jesus, he said, You are a king priest forever. Uh-huh. 22. So all, all of this magnifies the truth that we have a superior covenant with God than what they experience. For Jesus himself is its guarantor. Jesus himself is its guarantor. If you understand what, who a guarantor is, then you understand this. Ideally, somebody else must guarantee but in this case, there's no one greater that can guarantee. No one qualifies. No one is of great value. So Jesus himself must guarantee for it. As additional proof, we know there were many priests under the old system. For they eventually died. You see? They eventually died. And their office had to be filled by another. But Jesus permanently holds his priestly office since he lives forever and will never have a successor. That is the difference. So if Jesus is speaking for me, there's no day another person will come and take his place and say, I will fail you because his priestly office will never come to an end. That is why he received the oath. Your king priest is forever. So today Jesus is praying for us. He's speaking for us. He's doing a lot of things on our behalf. He's sacrificing on our behalf. And he shall hold that office to eternity future. It will never end. See, if you put your trust in Jesus and you understand him this way, that's what I told you about greater truth. 
then you are not afraid of any voice that can speak against you. Because any tongue that will rise up in the Old Testament, remember now we have a high priest who is on the right hand of the Father praying for you, interceding for us. That's what the Bible says. So as you are sitting down right now, some of you didn't pray yesterday, Jesus prayed for you. And he's continually praying forever. So when somebody curses you or releases a word over you, it will not work because there is a high priest on the right hand. I taught you about the right hand. Praying for you, speaking for you, speaking favorable words over your life. See, you must know this truth so nobody will scare you. If you don't know this truth, people will scare you. People will scare you. They will tell you, and God has this against you, and God saying this against you, and 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 this and that and blah blah blah, which is not true. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a high priest. See, in the old testament, they relied on the high priest because the high priest is the only one that can go before God so that their sins can be forgiven. You must see Jesus like that. That's why you must understand the old testament priesthood. That without the, the high priest. The sins of the people can never be, be washed for a year or be covered for a year because they need a representative to go before God, the just, and present blood and gift unto God on behalf of the people. This is the same scenario, ladies and gentlemen. In our case, the priest is not outside. The high priest is not outside getting ready to enter into the holies of holies. He's always by the Father. And his mouth is not, you see, as the, I told you about confession, the, the more you confess, the more your high priest is speaking unto the Father because of the words of, of your mouth, the bullock of your lips, the sacrifices from your lips. The more you speak forth, the more your high priest is speaking on your behalf. Listen, I want you to meditate and see Jesus. I know you know him as Jesus, but also know him as your high priest know him as your high priest so you know what are the benefits of a priest of a high priest he prays for men he stands in between men the bible says there is only uh, 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 there is one only one mediator between god and man the man christ jesus he is our priest and he stands in between us and god doing what nothing no speaking for us speaking for us and you must understand that this thought alone will take away condemnation from you. It will take away condemnation. Remember, the spirit of the Antichrist has already gone ahead of us. And he is, the Bible says that he speaks, you know, blasphemy words. That's what he does. You remember? He is just speaking blasphemy words. So he's speaking against you. And he can use demons to do that. Do you know what demons that? You know, there's a difference between a demon and a devil. Okay? The fallen angels are different from demons. In the Bible, God, Jesus called demons unclean spirits. Unclean spirits. Okay? What do demons do? Demons have, they have nobody. Demons are the ones that can possess a man who doesn't have Christ. But the fallen angels can't can inhabit man. 
Do you see it? So demons, what they do is that, okay, that's why they don't have spirits. Sorry, they don't have body. So they are always looking for a body to inhabit. That is why when Jesus was casting out the unclean spirit out of the madman, they told him that, please, it's better we enter into this swine, his body, we can enter into it. Or enter into dogs or bats or crows or or cats or anything. Anything that has body, they want to be there because they don't have body. Okay, and the Bible showed us how they came alive or came around. I don't have time to get into it. I've taught you before, right? From Genesis chapter 6. When the, when the angels of God, the sons of God, sons of God came to, you know, marry the daughters of men. I was reading and I, I got to know that the first breed of giants that came were 3,000 cubits. So they were like mountains. Like that's how they were. When they died, because they were in the flesh, when they died, the spirit in them became the demons. So their spirits are, are long, uh, lingering around, moving around, looking for, you know, people to either enter and, uh, or anything that has body to inhabit. Can you see that? Yes. And you know one thing they, they do? They give you thoughts. Demons are the ones that give you thoughts. Have you realized when you are angry at somebody, there's a whole lot of com communication that goes in on your mind? From the beginning, it's normal. When it stays there for too long, demons have taken place. They begin to push in their thoughts. Because they can't possess you as born again, they can control you by thoughts. So it's not every thought you must agree. There are some thoughts. See, you can be angry. It's normal for the human life. But when it's getting deeper, thoughts. And those thoughts you think, hmm, I'll do this. Hmm. Hmm. Like they give you complete agenda. Something to do. And it's like it's, like it's complete. You, like, you know exactly what to do. It's not your mind. They are thoughts of devils. Oh, sorry, of demons. Can you see that? All right. So you must understand the priesthood of Jesus and handle it and use it for your advantage. Now, these things will not happen to you even though you, are, you have right to unless you renew your mind. That's what I'm talking to you about meditation. See, you can see all these amazing things in the scriptures. But for you to be able to benefit from it, you must renew your mind. See, spiritual things are not jokes. They, they, don't, they don't happen because you, you have a desire. They only happen because you have a mindset. It is when a man's mind is renewed that the benefits in, the, in them begin to flow. I taught you this. Because your mind must agree with the reality of your spirit. You cannot be saying, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. Yes, your mind is not renewed on wealth. You cannot be saying, I am healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. Yet your mind is not renewed on communion. You don't even understand what communion is. Can you see? Yeah. Look, so he is able to save fully from now through eternity. Everyone who comes to God through him, because he lives and what? Now, he didn't say he lives and pray. 
He lives to pray. So Jesus living today is not for himself. He is living today to pray for you. So he is alive today. So when people are saying Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive, go a bit further. Why is he alive? Is he alive only sitting on the throne? No. He is alive to pray for me. And you must catch that revelation. He is praying for you continually. Continually. For everyone that comes to God through him. If you come to God through any other place, Jesus is not praying for you. Everybody says, they worship God. You say, are we all not worshiping God? The Muslims say, we worship one God. The Hare Krishna say, we also worship God. The fetish priest say, we also worship God. That's what they taught you in school. All the religions worship one God. Is that correct? Okay, but there's only one true way. The only way, the truth and the life, that is Jesus. So the other ones can find their way to God. But they must pray for themselves. But anyone that goes through Jesus, Jesus is he's alive to pray continually for them. Because there are times you can forget to pray. But as you forget to pray, there is an intercessor praying continually for me. That is why you must not be afraid of the devil nor hear his words. For him to condemn you, hey, you don't pray enough. Hey, you don't do this. I am not saying don't pray. Thinking Jesus is praying for you. Whether you pray or not, he's still praying for you. But, there are things that must happen here for you when you pray. Can you see that? It's like the fruit of the spirit. Do you know that in you right now, we don't have your spirit and the Holy Spirit. It's not like the Holy Spirit is somewhere and your spirit is somewhere. In you right now, we have a mingled spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And I keep telling you, don't forget this. It's like pouring water into water. It's one. So sometimes... You see, when they write in the Bible and you are reading, you will see, when they want to refer to your human spirit, they will use small s. When they want to refer to the Holy Spirit, they will use capital S. It's not, it's not wholly true. Because you can't separate your spirit from the Holy Spirit. The spirit you have now is a mingled spirit, your spirit with the Holy Spirit. So, for example, you see Galatians 5.22 where it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. You see it's capital S. But he's not talking about the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. He's talking about your mingled spirit with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because if you look at from, from up there, he was comparing your flesh to your spirit. He can, you cannot compare the flesh to the Holy Ghost. So obviously, it's not the Holy Ghost. So obviously, it is your spirit. But this spirit that he's talking about is not the spirit that used to be. It is the spirit that is now, which is mixed with the Holy Spirit. Why did God make give you a mingled spirit now with the Holy Spirit? So that you, today, you can become humanly divine. And the Holy Ghost can also, you know, because of you, the Holy Ghost has tasted of humanity. 
So the Holy Ghost is divinely human. Do you understand? So they used capital S to stand assuming it's the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now this spirit, this fruit is in your spirit. But it is the life of the Holy Spirit in you that supplies for the increase and the growth. Because the Holy Spirit does not bear fruit. Please, do you get, do you get it? Am I confusing you well? Should I start over? You like to write before you listen. Listen and understand then you write. Okay. The Bible says that he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So today, you the born again, you don't have two spirits. There's no two spirits in you. Please listen to this. It's amazing. It's a very powerful thing. Because you see, as I see you as a Christian. I encounter your humanity. After a while, I must encounter your divinity. Do you understand what I mean? For example, somebody comes to me, the person sees me as a man. And all of a sudden, the person is sick, has stomach ache. The person must encounter my divinity. Because I have become humanly divine. That's why the Holy Ghost came. And the Holy Ghost has also become divinely human. That is how come he can feel what we feel. So we don't have two spirits. Now your spirit has become one. So anytime you talk about your spirit, please always have bear in mind that it is not your human only spirit. It is your spirit that is mixed with the Holy Spirit. Oh, our spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that you are a son of God. You are a son of God because you have a mingled spirit. Can you catch this revelation? So you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. But the truth is that Christ himself is not in you. But Christ is in you in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is mingled with your spirit. So Christ is in your spirit by the Holy Ghost and is mingled. So you are not ordinary now. You are not ordinary human being. You are a humanly divine being. You see me this way. You see, people were seeing Jesus. Is he not the son of the carpenter? They killed everybody, people on the cross. But when it was him, they nailed him on the cross. One of the soldiers says, indeed, he's the son of God. He's the only person that when he was killed on the, on the cross, the divine side of him began to show up. Thunders began to roar. Mountains began to shake. The clouds... You know, there was darkness in heaven. Amazing things happened because of the divine nature of Jesus. And you too, now that you have been raised from the dead by the resurrection life of Jesus and of the Holy Ghost, huh? you have become divine. 
for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Raymond Night at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our prophetic service on Friday at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Vanessa service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-LJedu, and on Instagram at Prophet Danny-LJedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. To receive our weekly newsletters, please subscribe to www.pdgministries.org. You can contact Word and Spirit International on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-54937-7290 or plus 233-50432-8959 or plus 233-27510800. So many people have received testimonies by listening to these podcasts. Now, if you are one such person, share your testimony with us by leaving a right up of it in the comment section or send it to us via email to contact pdgministries.org you were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed in the name, victory in the name.